0: Okay, because don't you know you gotta hold on to what you've got? It don't make no difference you're a Wookiee or not. I'm Han Bon Jovi, and that's it. Well, thanks
1: for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You're listening to episode number 196. Now, we had a little bit of a hiatus. I've been on the road doing a lot of work uh outside of town. That has kept me away from the microphones a little bit. Uh, I was able to record this episode number again, 196, while on the road at the House of Comedy, Arizona. That's Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, Arizona in North Phoenix with Kevin Bennett, the French accent, a very, uh, very funny and very unique individual, comic and musician. Uh, He was in town. Uh, touring through the Southwest, uh, actually all over. I think he was headed to Colorado next or maybe California. I forget, but he's all over the road. Uh, Touring in his RV, you'll hear a little bit about that and what brought him to the RV life. Uh, You may know him from America's Got Talent or any number of comedy clubs that he has been hitting in the last few years. I got a chance to meet him earlier this year in Flagstaff at the Big Pine Comedy Festival, and uh, didn't actually get to see him perform. Talked to him off stage a few times, but like I said, didn't get a chance to see him perform, because that, uh, that festival is kind of a madhouse, just so much going on, and uh, I, I missed a lot of the acts that were there, a lot of the comics that were there, but... Um, but uh, I was uh, able to see him at House of Comedy. He was there opening for, featuring for, my good friend Steve Simone. AwesomeSteve.com is where you can find out information on Steve and his tours uh, and everything that was going on. I, I don't know if he's going to run it, but uh, Steve and I recorded an episode, not of the Mile High Show, but of the Good Times podcast, Steve's own own podcast uh, available everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in everywhere. Uh, so I, I don't know if he's going to run it because I am not used to being on that end of the interview cycle. And uh, I've listened to little cuts and pieces of it. And and uh, it's true. I'm a, I'm a blabbering idiot, especially when it's not my microphone. So uh, I did have a good time hanging out with Steve and Kevin as well as Gene Moore, who was the host for that whole weekend. But French accent Kevin Bennett is our guest today uh funny guy very funny guy interesting guy theater background uh and uh just just a just a really interesting guy uh the bumpers uh, the intro and outro of this episode will be uh kevin uh on stage as french accent we'll put a couple of clips on there i'm not sure which ones but uh but enjoy those you can check him out Oh, look in the show notes. I forget exactly where they are, but, uh, under the French accent on Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram, Instagram, he is Kevin.Bennett.969 and, uh, PianoMan69 on Twitter. So, uh, links are right there in the show notes. So check them out. Check out his, uh, his YouTube clips. He's got links to those on, uh, on his Facebook page. Again, the French accent on Facebook, um, Funny guy, very funny and unique guy. Now, before we get into the episode, we want to remind you to uh, utilize that Amazon link at uh, milehighshow.com to help us support the show, help us get down to places like Phoenix and 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 farther, so that we can bring you interviews like this one. Coming up in the near future, uh, we're going to be recording with uh, old friends of the show, Leslie Earl Lyman and Darren Mahoney, as well as a past guest, Mr. Jim Sobo, um, th- to talk about the Howling Coyote Tour. He's been on the show, so has Les and, uh, and Darren All those back episodes are available at milehighshow.com, including other links for you to support the show right there at the support the show link with freebie stuff like reviews, ratings that always help boost our visibility, a PayPal button where you can actually donate, uh, donate a buck. Donate two dollars if you 'd like it 'll help us or or more if you want more that 's fine. Uh, you can also uh, get some information on how to be a sponsor of the show. you can subscribe you can use that Amazon link you can use the uh, audible link you can use our, uh, our various ways to support the show right there at support the show at milehighshow dot com now, who else we got lined up I forget we've got we 've got some fun stuff in in the works um, uh, just a moment before we uh, we uh, we head into our interview with uh, or our chat with Kevin Bennett, uh, the Prescott area this past week uh, lost a a beacon for the arts in the way of uh, my good friend Mr. Ken Byers. He passed away after battling cancer. For some time, Ken Byers was the program director for Arizona Hometown Radio Group, where I also host a periodic show, talk radio show on the family that hosts uh, KQNA. That's where I am, KQA Talk Radio, KPPV, their their top forty station, where Ken had been the longtime host of uh, the morning mix, morning drive time show. Um, KDDL, Cattle Country, is also part of that family, Jack FM, just a bunch. They got a bunch of stations, but the backbone of that station was Ken Byers, and uh, he was a big supporter of the uh, the arts, of local music, of local artists and entertainers, and just the general scene in and around Prescott. He was Often the uh, the host and the MC of big community events uh, a lot of the fundraisers for the Chambers of Commerce and the Elks theater and and um, a ton of stuff and he was a good friend he, uh, I'm a Michigan and uh, his family Shannon and uh, and his daughter uh, they they will need the support of the community uh, Nick canuel again another former guest of the, of the Mile High Show, will be taking over the slot of Ken's morning mix show. But uh, if you didn't know Ken, uh, you missed out because he was uh, a, a huge supporter of artists and musicians and entertainers in and around the Prescott area, and he will be missed. We are glad he is uh, no longer feeling the pain that he has been enduring for so long. Uh, when, when I first started hosting talk radio locally, uh, Ken was the instrument in in which I got in there. He had talked to me, we had talked to uh, various entities at the station about me filling in as a, uh, as a news correspondent on air, didn't come out, come about. uh, We talked about it several times over the years with my connection to local media. And Ken was a was a big force in my corner to get that done, and like I said, that didn't come about. But when it did come up that I would host for a local municipality, Ken was always there with uh, with his support, uh, giving me tips on 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 how to be better on the mic uh, for the radio station for KQNA. He was uh, always sending me messages, usually in the middle of the night because we both have weird hours. And uh, he would send me words of encouragement and suggestions and hints and tips to uh, to help me in my broadcast career. And then when I went uh, forward with the podcast, he was one that we wanted to get on, and it just never worked out. Like I said, he, he would hit the station usually at about 4 or 5 in the morning. And uh, would wrap up early afternoon and often had evening stuff going on, so he was a busy, busy guy. we just we talked about it, we set up a couple of things just didn 't work out and and i uh, I regret that because I would have liked to have have Ken on the show on the podcast. He was always encouraging me and helping me uh, reach out for for better ways to to be a, a better interviewer and I thank him for that, so that is my uh, my thoughts on uh, on Mr. Ken Byers, who will be missed. So uh, enjoy our conversation with Mr. Kevin Bennett, the French accent, and uh, let's dedicate this one to Ken, who uh, who uh, no doubt could have gone through and given me tips on how to make this this uh, interview even better than it was. Mr. French accent Kevin yes, Bennett. Yes sir, that's me. Where can people find you? Where can they see your clips?
0: Where can they follow your tweets, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff? All righty, well kevin.bennett.969 is my Instagram. That's kevin.bennett.969 and that's, two ends, two T's? Yes sir, you got it. Two of everything but the B. <laughs> and uh, Twitter is uh French accent at pianoman69. And then I've got a Facebook page. Just Google, just stick in Kevin Bennett or look up French accent. Look gotcha. for a picture of me with the accordion. I'll and, stick links to all that in the yep. show notes. So Beautiful. Thank you. It. And then uh, let's see. Uh, on YouTube, I do have a few pages. Um, I've got my main channel, which has got a 40-minute clean set and a 70-minute adult set and a bunch of little things, a few little videos yeah. here and there. Uh, I've got two albums out, but Between Dystopias, uh, is only available on SoundCloud. The previous uh, publisher of it uh, only gave me a year, yeah. but you can find Weather Local. Just Google Weather Local Kevin Bennett. You can listen to it on YouTube or you can download it. It's on Spotify. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. Just kind of a trippy. It's a music thing. It's not comedy. And then I have oh, a I got a book out called Amphibian. Um, <laughs> it's a sci-fi. It's like the next step in Blade Runner, if you will. You know, do androids dream of electric sleep? Fine. Now, do they have a soul? So that was the next. It's just it's a little goofy adventure thing. Yeah, and I think that's all I've got out there right now. I had another book, but the publisher fell through. That's the Thief and the Sacrifice. And then comedy. I need to get a comedy album out, but I haven't released it yet.
1: Well, we uh, got some content for you. We've got some. uh, What were you doing? Twenties. Yeah. Yes, Um, Twenty minute sets here at at the House of Comedy, AZ. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, where we're recording right now.
0: Oh man, it's great. Um,
1: Check them out. It is such a great club, not just for the feel of it and and the hang, but the staff here has just been dynamite because I am not uh – I don't creep around well, and I've been <laughs> given basically free reign to do what I was doing this weekend. Yeah,
0: they've treated you and quite well. Yeah,
1: it's been really nice. And we got to hang out with a couple of staff folks last night, yeah. too. Oh, no, yeah, Next we door. did. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> true it was,
0: it was. it's actually been quite fun. The staff's nice. Um, we've had good entertainers. The openers that have come through the uh, guest sets, they've been yeah. fun as well. Audiences have been great. Even the small audience, we had a lot of fun yeah. with. And, it's, uh, yeah.
1: it's been a great time. And then Steve Simone, who's about... 15, 20 feet behind you, yep. recording another podcast. I was going. I was trying to sit down with him to record one of mine. Uh, we got a chance to record his Good Times podcast. Oh, good. Uh, it's the first time I've ever been a guest on it. <laughs> well, no, I take that back. A couple of buddies of mine up in Prescott have a have some podcasts that I've sat in with but yeah. not really as a guest we just kind of were covering some topics but he did a straight interview with me. Oh cool. I've never been on that side before. It's interesting, isn't it? For, yeah, it's kind of odd. I yeah. uh, I I do I work with media so you know I've interviewed thousands of people over the years for print media. Yeah. And then my podcast, my radio show and stuff but I've never been on the other side. And uh, all I can think of was when, when we press stop was that was horrible like, no, no, it was fine I go, are you, you're not gonna use that are you He's, oh yeah it was great it's, it just wasn't me you know
0: i feel it's you well I, I don't know podcasts are nice because they let you sort of see yeah. people over over an hour or two whatever um social filter you put on yourself yeah. sort of gets uh it sort of goes by the wayside and your real thoughts come out, I yeah, think. Yeah. And then when you're working or working out or driving or somewhere, it's nice to have something to listen to.
1: Keep you company. Yeah.
0: Here's Gene Moore, he's
1: our host. Hey, Gene, what's your, uh, what's your Twitter and Instagram stuff? Uh, hey, wait. Oh, here, wait, come on. Gene Moore at Free. Gene Moore at Free on Twitter. That's my Twitter. I don't know how to use social media. Twitter is what I use for my resist political stuff. <laughs> And then Facebook is for recipes and shows. And then Instagram is where I'm glamorous. So. And that's Gene. Yeah. Thank you. How are you guys? I love you. Good. How are you doing? I feel good. I hope you had a good day. I love you. Bye. you going to run away. He does not. For a performer, a guy who makes a name for himself on stage, does not like to have people look at him on stage, take his picture, or record him. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gene's been the host this weekend, and man, he's he's, he's just a fun. ball to hang. Yeah, with he's me. a nice he's guy. Fun. Yeah. Kevin, let's get back to you yeah. now. That now that we've straight, I'm going to change my, my show's the Mile High Show. because okay. Prescott's 52. Oh, nice, feet, nice. You know? I was really surprised when I because I had no idea what to name it, and then I realized before I send the RSS to uh, iTunes, I go, oh, I need a name. I had no idea what to call it. Uh, you know, four years in, you know, four years ago. So if we're Mile High up, we're just going to be covering stuff in the area, entertainment. Mile High? Nah, that's got to be taken by Denver. Was it? What? I was so surprised.
0: You nailed it. You got I it. You stole it. Now snuck I'm, in under there. No,
1: now I'm just waiting for somebody in Denver to want to buy it from me, and I can give this whole thing up. Nice. Yeah, because that's like, they, they, <laughs> they,
0: they coined that term. Yeah. They, they ought to have more of it. That's funny that they're yeah. in the Mile High podcast.
1: So what? You're originally Wyoming? Yeah. A Wyoming kid? Get wh- wh- That's where you were born?
0: Yeah, I was born in Gillette, Wyoming, and in the late 80s uh it's gillette. gillette gillette is a uh, it's a blue collar town in the northeast of the state an hour west of the devil's tower national park uh that's
1: the uh, mashed potatoes from yeah.
0: uh close, from encounters. close encounters yeah about two hours west of mount rushmore and uh it's uh you know two hours 140 miles but you drive 75 to 80 yeah. <laughs> so that's just that's how that's how we reckon uh, distance in that part of the country and uh, it's a small. There's a lot of people in coal bed methane. There's a lot of people in uh, the roughnecks in the oil industry, Co- and there's a lot of coal methane. mining.
1: Coal bed, is that the fracking?
0: No, thing, you know? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't believe it is though. Um, what they found is there's methane deposits uh, that's in certain yeah. coal seams or water bodies that they're in the coal. I don't know exactly how it works. I know coal. I understand. Um, they're making they're the energy. Yeah, they're and there is our there is fracking somewhere, but I've always heard those terms used not interchangeably, but separate. So gotcha. I, I haven't okay. looked into it. It might be, but I don't think it is. I think there are two. Se- I think they're separate things. But I worked in the coal mine uh, to pay for college. I got a BA in theater, and I worked there for uh, eight months. But I did the math on it; it was about a year's worth of man hours. Really? I, yeah, and I paid off the uh, college money. Debt. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Money, I, was money good. Yeah, it was five grand a month, but I was doing overtime. Yeah. So right out of right out of school, you know, five grand a month. What were you doing? Um, you just you you'd take a truck, a uh, big old Tonka truck, you know those dump yeah, trucks, yeah. Uh, and they're about the size. They're about thirty feet long, about twenty feet high, yeah. about thirty feet wide. They're just a big old square kind of rectangle, little little caterpillar. And you'd take that and you'd drive it into the pit, which is a huge open quarry, uh, about size of several football fields. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody dug a football stadium into the ground, and you're driving down there, and you go under the shovel, and they take three to four dumps on you of coal, and that fills you up to where you're about 1.2 million pounds fully loaded. That's the truck and the coal together. And then you drive your butt up out of the pit, dump it down a grate, and the grate takes it to a conveyor belt, and that puts it in a silo and bops it onto a train. Man. And so you do... So
1: you you were driving the Tonkas.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was doing that. Uh, You just drive in a circle 12 hours a day, basically.
1: Though that that equipment, I'm familiar with a little bit. My dad worked for Caterpillar Tractor for close okay. to
0: 40 years, a shipping
1: depot. So we had the pictures and the calendars and oh yeah, you all know. that stuff. But here in this part of the state, well, in, in this state, up near me, not too far from Prescott, is Baghdad, which is a mine town. Okay. And down at the southern end, Morenci, uh, Bisbee, uh, Globe, all that, that is also mining copper and, and other things. So. so Those
0: are usually, op- they call them strip mines, but it's an open pit mine yeah, usually. Yeah,
1: but the equipment, the trucks you're yeah. talking about, they're, they're, they're familiar to this part of the state. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that's uh, that's not uh, easy work.
0: Well, it isn't. It isn't. You don't really have a boss riding herd on you, but you have a do. Du- you do have a dispatcher in the radio. It's really yeah. loud. You got to put in earphones, but you can listen to music or comedy as loud as you want. Yeah. And yet, a lot of people end up smoking a lot out there, gotcha. uh, cigarettes, because you can't. Just, they they drug test you. But
1: for boredom.
0: Well, yeah, imagine, it keeps you yeah. awake, and you do twelve hour shifts, and it's about an hour on top of that. Drive out, and drive back, get there yeah. early to milk the clock. You know. Uh, so I was pulling in something like, I think one week I got closer to 90 hours or something. I can't remember how that broke wow. down. But I was doing that right out of college in 2008, and I, by the grace of God, I paid off my college loan. Well, my loans and what I had owed the year I graduated. And it, so all- you came out of college debt-free within 5 oh, months. Well, let's see. I got out close. I got out in March. I was debt-free by October of 2008. I got
1: buddies of mine in their 40s that are still pay- paying off college. Yeah,
0: it was debt. a godsend, I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm, so I, I just, you know, I was I turned 21 April of 2008, and March I graduated because at Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, where I got my BA yeah. in theater. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't do traditional class structure. They would do one course for a month. It would be three and a half weeks, and you'd do four hours of coursework a day, yeah. two in the morning, two in the afternoon, just concentrate on one, and you'd get the same as you'd have in a semester. And so they have nine classes like that for a year, and four, that's uh, 36 courses so really high concentrate yeah get the beef of it out and it's the same as a regular yeah. BA about and you can do elective stuff as well so I got all my stuff done two months early and I wasn't nice. about to spend another four grand a month just farting around in college <laughs> so I, got, I didn't even go to the graduation ceremony I got my I, I had to mail my diploma I didn't care so I got out of there and I was working at the mines by May June July August September October I was done debt-free I moved down to Colorado and I had a choice at that point it was uh, heads i go down to Colorado and look for stand-up, because I got a BA in theater. I was going to be an actor, yeah. which, thank God, I was disabused of that notion in the fullness of time, because <laughs> those actors, oh, my goodness. I didn't know any better. You know, I was just 21. Um, so heads I'd go down to Fort Collins, because uh, I had a place I could stay and find a job. Tails, they weren't going to let me stay on at the mine I was at, because I was hired on technically as a summer intern.
1: Gotcha. So it was a temp position Yeah, it already. was a temp,
0: but I, I... I I worked hard. I got from coal to dirt, which is overburden removal, which is harder. Longer, harder work, more dangerous. And I was doing good at that. And I thought, you know, now that I can do these two skills, I'm more hireable than somebody they have to train all yeah, over again. Yeah. Turns out I, I was wrong because I'm a single white dude. I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't from another country. I didn't have a family. And these are the people that filled the positions that were open, not yeah. me. So I wasn't able to – I was. so I had a choice. I could either try and find another mine in town because it is a bit of a good old boys club in the sense that mm-hmm. once you've been in, you're more likely to be able to get in at another mine. Yeah. You know, everybody will – somebody will have trouble – this mine get in a fight you know then get hired on at this mine where those kind of people are more likely to hang out (laughs) then they'll have trouble here and go to that mine and it's just roused about yeah yeah and that's just sort of the mining that makes sense yeah but uh so it was that i was gonna do that and i was gonna save up 10 grand and go to la that was one plan the other one was go go down to fort collins colorado find somewhere to live and try and do comedy or music or something because i knew there'd be more art down there than in wyoming so i prayed over a coin and flipped it and I don't remember which one I said was which, but it ended up I went down to Colorado in 2008. Gotcha. And I looked for comedy for about two weeks, and I couldn't find it, and I gave up. Hmm. And I didn't look again for three years when I got a DWAI after a breakup. And uh, then I found it in, the, in February of 2011 when I didn't have a license. I was riding a bike four miles to a bus stop at four in the morning <laughs> so I could catch it down to Boulder to work at IBM and... Uh, I was in the pit of my despair, and my friends like, yeah, man, there's one like right down the street from where you live. Because comics can't market, you know, especially when you're new at it. They don't know how yeah. to market. They don't know how yeah. to get an open mic out there. There's like 50 people in a town of 100,000 that know, you know or that could remember. They've seen it maybe because they were an audience member walking in, but they're not going to remember where they were. Yeah. So finally I found it, and I went in there, and I watched them, and I was like, I can do this. And I came back the next week with a little material, and they put me on a showcase at another one in town. And so in 2000, in Fort Collins? yeah, in Fort Collins in 2011, it was Hody's half note in the East Coast, and I think they might still both be around. Um, I know Hody's is. I don't know about East That's Coast. It's
1: a cool little town. It is. It's really nice. Once. Only once.
0: It's a lot like Flagstaff, yeah. but it's a little larger and yeah. it's more flat. That's about. The, but it's. I, I like Fort Collins a lot.
1: We're up there. I want to say four or five, maybe five years ago. Okay. And uh, for maybe not even that, four or five years. Yeah, something like that. And uh, a buddy of mine, his daughter was getting married, so we went up for the wedding. And oh, cool! First time I had ever been up there. It's really nice. And uh, yeah, cool little town, yeah. cool little spot.
0: I get a kick out of it. Yeah, and, I'm. Yeah, I'm Isn't going neat? back there to spend a week before uh, I go home for the holidays because. Uh, I just like being in Fort Collins, for, yeah. and I'm going to do some Christmas shopping there and maybe see an old friend or two. Nice, nice. Yeah, but, uh, tell, tell me
1: about the breakup. What happened? You Now, what did you call oh, it, a DW? What?
0: DWAI is a driving while ability impaired. Okay. So it's DUI. Basically, I think how the breakdown works, because... You know, you have a legal limit, and then you have over the legal limit. I, I knew what you meant, but I've never heard that coin. Yeah, Colorado. I, that's the okay. only time I've ever seen it, too. I just know that's what's on my record right now, and it's going to cost me two grand to get into Canada. So <laughs> that's all I know. I'm
1: fairly certain I can't go to Canada. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty sure. Well, pretty well sure. what it is is you— That's a whole nother podcast. You, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> you, you call them up, and they you, you pay them two grand. Their lawyers talk to our lawyers, and then they're like, all right, you're good to go. But it'll take two months. you got to fill out the paperwork. So I might do that I, in December. I ha- I have no
1: reason to go to Canada. There's some great comedy clubs up there. Exactly. So
0: you do. Yeah, that's that so I've got an impetus to do that, especially since the House of Comedy, you know, yeah. there's two of them Edmonton. up there. Aren't yeah, Edmonton, yeah.
1: Edmonton and Minnesota, which a little plug. Steve Simone, our headliner from this weekend, awesome steve.com will be at Edmonton next week, Minnesota House of Comedy. The following week, so uh, three basically three straight weeks of Rick Bronson's House of Comedies. Go ahead, That's yeah. Com- get get check him out. He's very
0: funny. He's very funny. He does humor that you can appreciate regardless of how old you are. There's something in it for everybody. What should it's, I say? It's very skilled. No, no, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Even old people like Matt like. Well, him. what I mean is, you know, there's yeah, there's those nine. comics who are like, you know, they're just too infantile, and then there's those that are just too dirty. And he's neither infantile nor dirty. He's funny. He's very, very skilled, yeah. and I'm jealous. The best <laughs> storytellers out there. He's very yeah. good at it. Oh my goodness, I I look at his technique, and I I wanted to do that. I was listening to Cosby out at that coal mine, yeah. and I was writing my own story bits, and they were terrible. They were just yeah. not good. I, I want to get to your pre-college stuff. I want to. Oh talk yeah, back a little to the DWAI. But that's why. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's, yeah, and, I won't And what forget. led
1: to the breakup?
0: Well, I thought I was going to get married. She thought she was going to play crotch hopscotch with any she happened to come across. <laughs> we had our differences. Uh, it was uh, it was rough state of affairs. Turned out... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never heard that term
0: before. I, I like to rattle it off. I like to just rattle that up. Well, it turned out... Um, I, I'm 99% sure she was cheating on me, and I knew it in my head, yeah. but in my heart I was like, no, 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 I'll give her a chance to come clean and fix it up, you know? Yeah. And she wasn't gonna because she was just, she was, if she dolled herself up, she was a seven out of ten. Otherwise, she was right in the five category. And I Uh, was uh, after uh. her for a personality thing. I thought, which turned out to be a total lie. I mean, the woman's laugh was even a lie. And it was a very, it was a wake-up call to me. I was, I think I was, this is 2011. I'm 31 now. In 2008, so I was 23 at the time. 23, and what was she the same age? She was 25. Okay. Which isn't a bit cradle robber. Yeah, yeah. Not a big, but she had a bunch of weird tendencies, and I really learned about how uh, women lie, for you know, not not men lie too, but there's a difference. You know, a man's not gonna wear makeup. To to hide a blemish, you know, <laughs> he's gonna just let that zit. St- when makeup isn't a lie, but it is, you know, so that sort of thing is a psychological cornerstone in a female's mind, in my opinion, and I think it leads to a lot of unnecessary deception. In my opinion, I may be wrong. I'm only thirty one, but I think that's what happened. Anyway, she was lying straight to my face for six months, and uh, it, we ended up. Uh, she ended up breaking up with me, and my I had made a deal with God if we made it to Christmas, I propose. And uh, she didn't know about that. Thank God. So when did the breakup have? What month? It was November of 2011. Oh, you got close. Yeah, I got very. Uh, <laughs> t- was it 2010? Yeah, November 2010. It was very close. Um, and she was just, she was just lying all the time. And what it, you know. It, anyway, so she busted it up with me. I was very depressed, and um, I'd been giving guys at, at work a ride. Uh they were it was it was a call center I was working at and everybody else working there was ex cons or from a halfway house. Yeah. So I you know I was the only one who had a car. So I was giving them rides and this one guy was like, Man, you gotta smoke this spice stuff, man. It's like weed, but it like it's not, but it gets you high. I was yeah. like, whatever, dude, no it doesn't. It's, that, uh, it's uh it's synthetic THC. Synthetic, yeah. It's like that it's horrible stuff. What it is is it's basically chemical it's a chemical Mimic of what weed is, yeah. and they spray it on sagebrush. I don't know. I was young and dumb. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, they they the, this guy bought some at a head shop, and I tried it, and I was like, "Whoa!" And then I, in my dumb brain, I was like, "Wow, this is legal." So I, you know, I can't, was it, I can't be in trouble if it's legal. Exactly. So I had a little bit of that and one or two drinks, and struck out at the bar after I had been dumped. It was about a week or two after I'd been dumped. And I was driving home, and there was a McDonald's. It's the one on West Elizabeth. And when you're going west on that street, the sign for McDonald's happens after you should have already turned into it. Gotcha. And so the next turn in is the exit for the drive through And I've seen people do I've done this three or four times sober, even though I know. I turn in it because you just get on autopilot. Yeah. I've seen other people do it. It was Friday. There was a lot of traffic i was my mind was on the breakup i turned in i was like oh no i'm in the wrong spot so i tried to back out but there was traffic and there were cars to the right of me and there was like four inches between me and them so i just gunned it and jumped the curb and drove home and uh i was frantically trying to glue the mirror that i had knocked off on another vehicle in line back to the car when four squad cars showed up (laughs) hauled my butt off um I spent a night in the pokey. Got a DWAI. I should have gotten an attorney. I could have gotten it expunged, and it would have just cost me ten grand. Instead, it cost me ten grand, and now it's on my record, and I got to pay Gosh. another two grand to get in college. But you know, I got done with. It,
1: in hindsight, a broken mirror. It could
0: have been a lot worse. It did, yeah. You know, good Lord's still taking care of me. But I tell you what, I was really, I was not uh, bright at that point, and I was, I was, I wasn't as messed up in terms of driving. I wasn't really that messed up. Um. But I learned an important lesson about the authorities, you know, and yeah, I messed up, but they treated me that night like the worst scum of the earth huh. at the cop shop. They just treated me like I wasn't even a human being. First time I've ever stepped out of line and I was yeah. in a rough spot and I complied. I was very nice with the cops. I thought if I complied and I was respectful that they would extend the courtesy and they did not. They hit me harder with the book. And I think their reasoning with that is recidivism's um, recidivism's high. Uh, Try and keep people from ever having a second offense by making it so hard on them the first time. Uh, Because the people who keep coming back, they're just going to keep coming back. And at that point, it's just, well, they're in the system and they're always going to be. And they're going to be criminals because they can't make money within the normal system. So they have to work outside the system. So they're just part of the... They want you to a degree, I think, maybe to get stuck in the system, because it's really hard. You had I had to do a MAD panel, I had which is mad, Mothers Against Drunk yep. Driving. I had to do therapy. I had to blow into a, a tube every other day. I had to do urinalysis tests. I had to go to a, a caseworker, a therapist from the state, and I had to pay for a interlock device after two months or a month without a license when I was driving in January on my bicycle to go to... IBM, yeah. uh, and it, and then I had to get an SR22 insurance, and then there was a fine on top of that, and there's multiple court dates. There was one really funny thing that happened though, uh, when I was in court about to be, you know, sentenced. Uh, there was this little uh, little lady in her 40s, um, uh, Mrs. Hernandez or something, and there's this little old bald, skinny judge look uh, uh, looked like the head of apple kind of guy, <laughs> and uh, and he was talking to her. He says. So what happened, Mr. Fernandez? He says, I don't know. Every couple of years, I end up stealing something. And he says, <laughs> "He says, well, you need to stop because you're bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was very funny. That was quite funny. And I, I hadn't even started comedy, but I was like, "That that is very funny. That's good. So that whole story. Anyway, at that point. I was very depressed. It was the I'd messed up legitimately. It cost me money. I had to change my plans. Um, I had to reorganize my work schedule. I was caught in a trap for about eight months, and then two years it took for that ISR-22 to come off. And I still can't go to Canada until I pay two grand. You. And, you know, yeah, granted, you know, don't do substances and drive, but the system is not just in that regard, uh, how it treats people, because... It's basically looking for an excuse to get you plugged in, so you're stuck for life. Most yeah. people can't pull out once they make one mistake, and that ain't right. That ain't yeah. right. So anyway, that's I. You know what? Be careful when you drive, but at the same time, um, if the system does get you, know that you are getting hit by something that's out of proportion.
1: So, and another good rule of thumb or good suggestion is, if you need to drive from your work to your house, you can eliminate that. Thing by driving your house to work
0: yes Which, we'll <laughs> well, I
1: get there in that's just, what I do yeah we'll get there in a few <laughs> minutes we'll find out about the RV life that you're yes. living now but let's jump back a little bit. Uh, in Wyoming Yeah uh, We'll retread a little bit What was What was the Family life there You, you, you got brothers Sisters what I do
0: got? I'm the oldest of three I've got a little sister And a little brother And uh, I love my parents And my family We we Families Have ups and downs uh, My parents are still together They gave us a good upbringing And oh, you nice. know Fair we've nice. all How had many years a, uh, 30 plus I think Oh wow Yeah they've been together A long time I don't know exactly I should But I don't um, But they, decades. Yeah, decades. Nice. They've given us a good upbringing, and, uh, you know, we have fights as families, but...
1: Really? There's no... Uh, that's way, a, yeah. That's a foreign concept in right? my family, because we don't speak. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: so it's we're in a good shape. I had a good upbringing. Um, what do your siblings do? Are they in the arts? Uh, are they in the My mines? little brother's what? bouncing around. He doesn't know what he wants to do yet. My sister... How old is he? He's 22. Ah, he's got time. Yeah, he's got time. My little sister is very talented... Uh, but she's a fart in a hot skillet. She just... Uh, <laughs> How old yeah. is she? She's 26, I think. Okay. She's bouncing around a lot, and uh, I don't know. She's figuring it out. I don't want to talk too much about her, because I don't know where she's... Gotcha, I want gotcha. to wait till she's in a stable place to sort of... Gotcha. Because she's, she's smarter than I am, but at the same time, she's more emotional, and it occludes her reason at times, I believe. Mm. So it's. I think that's what happens. So the one trade-off, and it's led her to have... You know, I've had my own d- difficulties in life. Yeah. So... But I, I think she's pulling. I th- she's she's had a couple of nose dives. I think she's pulling out.
1: Ah, very nice. Very, best wishes to her. Yes. Now, so you uh, you enter into college uh, in the th- in theater.
0: Yeah, that, that was your focus. I got my BA in theater. What,
1: what was uh, high school? Were you were you the theater um, kid? Were you
0: performer? Were you playing music? What was going on? I wanted to be Luke Skywalker uh, when I was very young. I read all the Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I knew I was from Wyoming, and Luke Skywalker was a fictional character, so the only way I could be Luke Skywalker was to be an actor and get into one of them movies. Cool. And I looked a lot like the kid they chose for Anakin yeah. Skywalker in 99. I looked a lot like him. Um, and so from the time I was about 9 or 10 until I graduated high school, I would do every church Easter Christmas play. I'd do every... Get uh, your chops. Huh? Yeah, every, every sixth grade play, every uh, junior high production I did everything I could. I got into speech and debate. I was on a hockey team at the same time. And by my junior year in high school, I had to choose hockey or speech and debate and yeah. theater. I chose speech and debate and theater. Keep um, your teeth. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I can still ice skate good. And I did hockey for a, a, another semester in college in Cornell late down the line. But uh, so, junior year, I st- chose speech and debate and theater. Made it to National Speech and Debate 2004 in Utah, Salt Lake City. And uh, didn't place when we got there, but we had a good old time, you know, taking yeah. a, a school trip there right after we graduated. Same year, we went to New York for a week. Oh wow! Our theater troupe did.
1: Was that the first time you had been to uh, the
0: East Coast? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got to see Salt Lake City in New York. Had you been to bigger cities before? Denver. Uh, I'd been to Billings, Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, St. Louis, because um, my New family. New York, the big. New York was the biggest the big, I'd ever big been terrible. to. Yeah, yeah. It was, but we just stayed on Manhattan Island yeah. and took walk around tours for a week so we didn't really gotcha. see you know we were teenagers so we bought booze in chinatown and snuck out at night in the park <laughs> and threw centipedes at each other that was uh that was fun but it, giuliani'd cleaned it up by then so there weren't any hobos in central park so it was all right um, hobos yeah w-
1: was was that
0: your huh
1: you got a line on home about Hobo? Home- oh, oh, home- oh, oh i i do i have uh ho- i could i, know uh, I heard a locomotive
0: of it. enthusiast yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it was yeah, yeah. I, could, I, I was yeah. almost positive. I got, I got a couple okay. of them. Yeah, but <laughs> no, funny. we had, f- we had fun. We had a great time. That was a wonderful memory. My buddy Reese Jenigas, who's also a big reason I got into comedy, yeah, because he told me about Hodie's. He told me about the mics. He'd always oh, wanted. He was to do- the guy that told me down yeah. on the street. Yeah, and he, he is, you know, I've known him since junior high, and he'd always wanted to be a comedian, and I'd always liked it, but didn't think it was possible, so I just kind of didn't ever yeah. think about it. And then I went and looked in 2008, couldn't find it, got my DWAI. He's like, buddy, there's one at Hody's yeah. right down the street. I'm like, you kidding me. He's like, yeah. Bob. And he was living in Cheyenne. He wasn't even in the town at the time. Um, he's like, yeah, Bob Godette runs it. I was like, oh, all right, I'll go check it out. And sure enough. Now, we want
1: we don't want to give away too much because we want people to go to your social media. We want them to go to your Facebook but more importantly, we want them to go see you when you're in their
0: town. Okay, well, they can also Google French accent AGT to get a little okay. tiny taste. That's America's Got Talent. America's I was on Got America's Talent. Got Talent this year.
1: And we'll get yeah. to there. So we don't want to give away too much because right. we want them to come Fair see Fair enough. You, but you do, what you do is not your standard stand up. Thank you. <laughs> it is hilarious, it is very unique. Uh, and you mix in not just stand up, but music. And you told me you create music aside from, or have created aside from what you do on stage. Mm-hmm. How'd you get from, hey, I'm going to go do an open mic, tell a few jokes, write up some material, to what you're doing on stage now? What was the transformation process? How did you decide you wanted to be French accent?
0: Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of powers in the universe that are beyond our ken. Yeah, I think uh, I think that, I think Good Lord directs us in ways sometimes. Because I started out, I would be a Scotsman on stage, and I like to do a character. See, the thing was, when I began, all the other comedians would stand around in wee groups, talking to each other and trying to make one another laugh, and you couldn't have a real conversation yeah. with them. So I decided early on that when I did comedy, I'd go on stage and be a character, utterly separate from who I am in real <laughs> life, so that I could have real conversations. So I came up and I was on, I was Scotland, and they really believed I was from Scotland because the good. It's given me a a bit of a talent when it comes to dialects. yeah. So I'd go up there and I'd tell jokes. I love black as I prefer to call them wee grapes. And, you know, people (laughs) would laugh. And then I'd break out of the Scotland and be American. And they'd be like, whoa! You know, I blew your mind. Why'd you pick Scotland? Uh, It's my first accent that I learned to do quite well enough to be... Scotland. Um, yeah. I, I I saw a Braveheart when I was in okay. about fifth grade, I and was I was, I was watching that. Route. And he's not Scotland either. But when I was also when I was also walking home from school one day as an elementary schooler, he just reminded me. Me and one kid were like. Oh well, I'm part Scottish. He's like, well, I'm part Irish. I was like, well, are you more Irish or Scottish? He said, I don't know. I said, well, do an Irish accent. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm from Ireland. I said, you sound pretty Irish. He's like, well, do a Scottish accent. I'm like, well, I'm from Scotland. He's like, well, you sound more Scottish. And that's how we determined it. I and, w- I <laughs> thought you were gonna go with too much Star Trek watching. <laughs> oh, body. Scotty, that's a definite kind of Scotland <laughs> altogether. I'll give it a little. She's got. I love I love James Do. Du- what was his name? Is he James Doohan? I, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I'm sure. <laughs> he's funny. But no, yeah. I I started doing uh, that and then when I was about seven or eight months in there was a guy who came through and I won't mention his name here he's a very talented comedian he's very funny he knows how to work a crowd he knows how to write a joke he likes to deceive people and pretend to be Scottish when in reality he's not
1: we were having that conversation, I think, up here at the pizza yeah. place the
0: other night. Yeah. I... Yeah, so he likes to print them when he's not. So um, he comes through Fort Collins, Denver, you know, picks up a few local guys to feature for him and foot the bill on gas on the road because, you know, he'd tell them they could do a feature set and he could only get them a guest set, and he was double-booking people in order to manipulate new comedians, which I think is a pretty low move when you can just tell them the deal and uh, – they'll come with you anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you told me, listen, I'll bring you along, I'll get you five minutes at this professional show, but you gotta cover half the gas, and I'm six, seven months in, I'm gonna pay for half the yeah. gas. He didn't have to lie. That's what irritates me about it. That's the only problem I got with the guy. Anyway, he would never break character and never stop being Scottish. <laughs> and when I met him, I thought he was, even though I was like, I do a better Scottish accent than this guy. But he's really from Scotland, so that makes sense because mine is overemphasized, and him, his is You're watered down. A character, yeah, baby. and he's real, so that's it makes sense that he isn't as good at it. No, that was the irony of it all. But um, he, he saw my act, and of course he saw that I was a threat to that, and I saw his, and I saw, well, this guy's headline, and I've got 15 minutes. I can't keep doing this. So I had to come up with a new identity for my character. I've been doing it since February. It was now October. Um, and I that October for Halloween, I did Snake Pliskin, which had an eye patch, you know, yeah. Escape from New yeah. York. So yeah. I had this eye patch laying around. Yeah, Kurt Russell. And I had a few berets from my theater days. And I had this accordion that I had gotten for Christmas the year before because Mom, I wanted to busk with it because I play piano. Yeah. And an accordion is like a portable acoustic piano it's to it. It's hard agree.
1: to drag a piano out to the corner yeah. uh, in front of the coffee Yeah, but accordion,
0: show. I can just pump that sucker yeah. out. So I thought, you know what? I'll just learn how to adapt on accordion, learn a few songs, busk, Make some money, because I I really want to keep these gifts God's given me in rotation. Um, So, but I hadn't touched it for 10 months. So, uh, this Scotch guy comes around, and now I can't do Scotland anymore. And I'm sitting at IBM, and I was thinking of this French character, French accent, Francois, Raphael, Edgar, Norbert, Celestine, Herbert, Absalon, Quarantine, Clement, Emmanuel, Nathaniel, Tell us four, the initials (laughs) of which spell French accent. (laughs) And... (laughs) And what he was going to be was he was going to be this this, <laughs> right? That's, that's just where I he was going to be this bureaucrat in France, who had the most boring life and acted like it was a superhero movie, kind of a Walter Mitty thing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the But before Walter Mitty, I hadn't seen the original, yeah, and okay. I saw the remake. I loved the remake. Yeah. But uh, so, I was I had that in my brain, and uh, it was very weak. <laughs> it's a very weak premise. But then. While I was moving, so here's where it all came together. I thank God let me bust my keyboard, because while I was moving, um, I had it leaned against the wall.
1: Your regular keyboard. My regular, yeah. Okay. My
0: re- it was leaned against the wall, and the weight of it broke the AC adapter, and I had to send it to an electronic shop so they could take out the screws, solder it back together. Yeah. It took them about a week. Well, I was moving from my apartment to my folks' summer home to watch my little brother because he was going through high school, and they needed a chaperone, yeah. and I wasn't going to do it. But then I decided I'd do it because I thought, well, that's the right thing to do. So th- that was part. Of- I made a right decision. Uh-huh. That's why I was moving. Broke the keyboard. Didn't have a keyboard for a month. Had to dig out the old accordion. So I'm sitting there in the basement, and I thought, well, what if I did? The accordion's kind of French, and I love Mitch Hedberg, and he had a bass line running on the back of his yeah. comedy. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, What that if I kinda- yeah, yeah. yeah. boom. Yeah. I thought, what if I did something where I just play a really simple little lick. In the background, and tell one-liners, and so I started doing that in the basement, and it made me laugh, and <laughs> so laugh in
1: your basement. Yeah, it just it's not it, like a basement yeah, coffee shop. Yeah,
0: or no, a basement just by club. myself in the basement. And so I'm driving back and forth from the apartment <laughs> to the basement, and I'm thinking up one-liners all day, and I'm just laughing and laughing and laughing, and finally, uh, next Monday comes around at Hody's, and I was like, "All right, let's try this out." Yeah. And so I come up there. And the set is on YouTube. It's on my page. It's my very that, first French accent. That, ac- first, oh, that cool. very first French accent set is somewhere on that p- channel. And I went up there and for me I killed. In retrospect, it wasn't the funniest set I've ever had. It was okay. But for me at that time I killed. And I kept doing it. And by January of that year, or of two thousand I guess eleven. By January 2011, I got my first paid gig at AF Rays nice. in Greeley for 20 bucks. they paid me. And then Very that nice. fake Scottish guy, um, he had told me he'd take me on the road with him. And then he tried to Welsh, but I held him to it. <laughs> um, no pun intended on <laughs> the Welsh there. But yeah. he tried to Welsh, I held him to it. So he took me on the road for three months, and he never broke character, but he wasn't Scottish. Yeah, um, and he's a brilliant guy, and I wish him all the best. He just needs to—I n- think he gets a kick out of getting away with something. I think yeah. it's just as simple as that. Um, but I—I've uh, I've been getting away with Yeah, You know,
1: people think I'm a professional
0: podcaster. It's a man. nice feeling, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, little so do they know. Little I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> so anyway, three months on the road uh, with that guy from February till almost the end of May, and I had a half-hour set that nice. was really worthwhile. And so from then on, I developed it. I did my first, I headlined for 45 minutes or longer the first time that year. I did it like 10 times. Um, and that was, I was just a little over a year in. So I just kept pushing and I got on some triple runs and some triple gigs. And I got on some Charter and some Entertainment Max and a couple other Midwest. So I think I got on one or two Summit entertainment gigs. Um, just because, you know, I'd, I'd, I when I was on the road with that guy, um, he had to send my information to his booker, and yeah. so then they started sending me the emails every month, and I applied, I responded to a couple of them and sent them a newer video. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I ended up really starting to develop the character.
1: And how'd you hook up, what, what was the process for AGT, America's Got Talent?
0: Well, uh, let's see, I started in 2011 in Colorado, and... I was doing my act. By 2013, I did a talent show called Colorado You Got Talent, which was a bit of a sham. Uh, But I won third in that, and they said that you could apply to AGT.
1: Gotcha. Like minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. AGT. If you will. And
0: basically, all they did was gave you the form. You could have just gone. The form and the time of day. Anybody who wanted to go, you didn't win it. It was stupid. Yeah. But I went, and I did French accent in front of one person in an echoey banquet hall in a Holiday Inn, and this one person was not impressed. Uh, a year later, a producer from no two years later, a producer from AGD called me and uh, asked me to send him a three-minute set. So I sent him an adult set, not realizing that they couldn't tell that I could do clean. Yeah, I just sent him the funniest set I had. I I figured if they wanted clean, they'd ask for clean. I just never heard back from them again. 2018, uh, I had been living in LA about a year and a half uh, in an RV because I moved out here in 2016. Out there in 2016. And uh, I saw in one of the Facebook groups I was in that they were there was an NBC casting producer at the Comedy Chow open mic at Hooters, which is now at Cabo Wabo mm-hmm. on Wednesday. They were doing a special show on Tuesday. Usually they did Wednesday. They yeah. said, bring two minutes of your network clean material. So I did. I came and I brought two minutes of network clean material. And the gal, I think I can say her name because she's always looking for unique acts. If you've got a unique act that's really interesting... Uh, She needs them. She wants them. They're casting for season 14 of AGT right now. Um, Her name is Niala K. Durrani. That's N-A-E-L-A. And what she'll do is she'll ask you to send stuff in and look at it. And then she'll say, "All right, well, I don't know if this is going to go or not, but I'll send it to my guy." And gotcha. if, if so, she can't give she's it to you. She's the filter. Yeah, yeah. And she's looking for people. She's nice. always looking. And if she finds a good one, it looks good for her. So it's a win-win situation. It's not. She's not gonna. She's not gonna give you advantage if you haven't got anything. But if you got something, yeah. it's going to be good for what, everybody.
1: What was the experience like doing that? Well, and what's the process for so, that? So
0: yeah. So what happened is, uh, she had me go through the formalized process after she saw me and liked me. And then I went into a a cattle call audition, and they, you know, they had me, since she had already looked at me, they had me come at a specific time. And I went before one little guy in a room again, just like in Denver in 2013. But this time I knew what to expect so i came gotcha. in full in character and never broke character and he was a little british guy and i was making fun of the french and so that was great that was <laughs> that was aces for him and nobody likes the french yeah nobody likes it. so he sent me on to another one where there were a handful of people and cameras in a room and they had me do my thing again and again i didn't break character well i did but they you know it was like that was it was something where my character would be more interesting if there was no break in it yeah so um I, I went and did that, and they said, well, we'll get back to you. And then a few weeks later, they said, we'd like you to do the live audition. And so, uh, you know, it's a reality show, so they need to do some shots and stuff. Yeah. And yeah that's the, just general production. The filler, the B-roll. The, yeah, so they yeah. had me come in a couple days and do that. And then when I came in to do the AGT thing, there were 400 that got to do it, um, the live audition. And I think 250 or so, make it on, on the actual show. Huh. And then of those 250, like, I think, I don't know how many make it to round two. And I know, like, only 12 make the final round. So I was the last one out of 400. The last one of the season. It was near midnight on a Friday at the Pasadena Convention Center. And I'd been there for, like, 12 hours just waiting, wearing the accordion the whole time because they had cameras everywhere. Yeah. And I didn't know if they – so I had to stay in character all day. Yeah. So, by, And I had a slight cold, and I didn't want to reveal it, because Howie Mandel, you know, I didn't want to sneeze. And, yeah. and he, he was my only ally. He was the only guy I knew who would like me, because he's a comedian. So I, had, I wanted to look healthy, and so I was taking, you know, uh, a Mucinex. Well, <laughs> thankfully, he, he was f- 50 feet away. I was like, yeah. okay, this isn't going to be an issue. I just don't sneeze. So uh, I went and I did my set. Uh, well, I waited until midnight, because that's when they called me. And I was sloppy. I was tired. Yeah, it'd been t- twelve hours. I'd been there wearing that accordion, and I was slightly sick. So I, when I when I went and did my set, I was kind of I wasn't really there. Yeah, I was just kind of on autopilot a bit. I was like, well, I'm just going to stay on the stage as long as I can until they kick me off, and hope some segment of it makes it on TV so I can claim it as a credit. It's all a win from here. I wasn't expecting to win anything or even pass through. And uh, it's good I had that attitude because here's the reality if you're a stand-up comedian. I don't know about other performers, but if you're a stand-up comedian, the reality is this. Stand. Uh, America's Got Talent is hecklers with buzzers. And those buzzers <laughs> are loud. And those girls do not understand comedy. Howie's yeah. the only one who gets it. And Simon doesn't like comedians because he thinks he's funnier than they are. And he's yeah. a billionaire. So he's got an opinion that he can back up with cash whether or not he's correct. Yeah. In my opinion. That's all my opinion. So as a comedian, you're going to have three hostile judges and one who's in your court. And uh, they're going to buzz you. Before you get done with a premise, sometimes after you do a joke that's a setup for another joke, and it's going to throw you off, or or you're going to acknowledge it. If you just act like nothing happened, that's the worst mistake, because it's better to just jump out of your, your track yeah. and say something in the moment than it is to act like something that everybody knows happened, didn't happen. You're in comedy. You're part of the moment. Yeah. But the other crux of it is, since it's a television show that's got a mainstream G-rated audience and they need to pre-approve everything that's going to go on before they can show it, mm-hmm. they really want you to approve what you're going to say beforehand. And I think they don't realize that comedy requires... Yeah. It requires you to do things differently almost the reaction, every time. Yeah. The reaction, the, the reading the room. If somebody makes a snort sound that can be heard in an audience of 1,800 yeah. people, you have got to call that out.
1: Or something falls down. The yeah. mic falls down. Yeah,
0: that's funny. Everybody saw it. We can all relate to yeah. it. Just a quick acknowledgement of that. We'll get a great laugh. It'll get everybody on the same page. Yeah. So you... You've got to do that. So I, I don't know where they're coming from on that. I, in my opinion, as or a man, something pops in your head that's yeah. funnier than which. Yeah. You don't do
1: that. You don't change the lyric of the song if you're doing you know right whatever standard yeah. yeah you know Stardust or whatever. You don't do that. But in a joke, something automatically pops in your head that's funnier. You're gonna go that path.
0: Yeah. That's that's the truth. So, um, I I got three. Buzzers, But the girls turned their mind. They, they changed their mind because I got the audience involved. I co opted the audience because the audience was liking me the whole time. No. Uh, they groaned on one or two of them, but that was the attention of the joke. It's no, a groan. Yeah, and yeah.
1: we see that. You, the yeah. groan is the success on yeah. some of these
0: because they're just. Well, and what it does is expect- it sets you up for a laugh later. Exactly. You especially know? when you're, when you're <laughs> doing some yeah. of the puns you do. Yeah, they're <laughs> ridiculous. I know they're yeah. ridiculous, you're but that's You're a silly man. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Martin was that way. I love, yes, I love Steve exactly. Martin. Exactly. Love Steve Martin I'm kind of like Steve Martin And Mitch Hedberg With cocaine But I don't do (laughs) I'm just That's sort of If you would That's sort of If you were going to describe my act You've mentioned Steve's book A couple of times this weekend Born Standing Up So good I read it in one sitting At a Barnes & Noble In Philadelphia in 2012 At the store (laughs) At the store Because I was on the road With that guy I couldn't afford to buy it, and yeah. we weren't going to go to a library. He was off getting his willy wet or something, and I, and he left me in the store for four hours. So I just sat down yeah. on a stool and I read Born Standing Up cover to cover, and it was, I it it made me so happy because it revealed a lot of things that I was doing right. It showed me where to avoid going, yeah. and it gave me insight into future things I would need.
1: And you do you have a version of what he was doing? The mix of. Very silly things. You mix in some philosophy, and some politics, some jokes that technically can go over a lot of people's heads. Yeah, some your punchlines. And then the silliness of of pop culture and music and the equivalent of an arrow through your head. Yeah, yeah. With something you wear on your face. Yes, <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Um, and that's yeah,
1: what good parallel. That, well, and I, that's, I hadn't I, really made that connection. That's I great.
0: really do love what he, what he did, and I think it's too bad he quit as early as he did. But he's like the Bill Watterson of comedy, in my opinion. Bill Watterson did Calvin and Hobbes for ten years, yeah. and then he knew he had topped himself and cut yeah. the, cut the string. Go
1: out on top.
0: Yeah, and Steve Martin did the same thing, and I. I'm not as talented. I started in 2011. It's 2018. So I still got about two and a half years before I hit that 10-year mark. I don't know. I'd like to do longer. I'd like to make it successful enough to use comedy as a stepping stone into something greater eventually. Yeah. But who knows? You know? Well,
1: that's great. Now, in the meantime, you went to L.A. in
0: 16. Yes. And you are pretty much on the road constantly. Yeah. I, I'm not, I get paid about 25% of the total gigs. Um, and that could be a drink. It could be money. What I do is I write content articles online. So, uh, say you've got an insurance company that needs a blog that has to have five entries a week. So you got 20 a month in order to hit your search engine optimization, SEO, uh, uh, metrics. You want to be in the top SERPs. Yeah. I write articles with, uh, seo and backlinks and images and you know it's all formatted the right way i write about three thousand words to four thousand words like that per weekday and it's been a godsend uh it puts the money i need in my pocket so i can travel so i can eat um so i can live so i can do this and then what that allows me to do is i live in an rv and uh i uh I basically drive to my gig. I wake up. I shower at the gym. I write articles. I go over my set. I do comedy, mix, repeat, travel. Um, and
1: and, and w- that writing,
0: uh, those contracts
1: you have that those those gigs that you have with the keyboard, you can do anywhere. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah,
0: because the writing is it's. I just get emails. Uh, when they they tell me I have an assignment they've, there's a board you can go they've got a website some of them but some are different I've got a yeah. handful of clients that sent have been sending me steady work since 2016 nice. and I've been doing it three years before that I had to fight other writers on the yeah, job yeah. board
1: Where what? when you say the job boards because there's a couple that I'm on okay. that I haven't really utilized so, um, friends have recommended I'm trying to think textbroker.com yeah, Textbroker. that's, that's one the big that one
0: I, that yeah. one you can just jump in and start making money on yeah. that one you really can it, it'll take it'll take Take you a couple weeks to get in the system, then once you have access to the board, just follow the instructions, figure yeah. out what works and what doesn't, and then get a process. And you can make 500 dollars a week right out the gate. It's and it's gonna be less than 40 hours. Nice. Um, if you just you just gotta figure out a process. The one that's given me the most is Z E R Y S dot Zaris.com. Yeah. And Zaris uh, is different. You don't have a job board anymore, they have an auditions board. Yeah. So clients will put up prospective job opportunities. You write an article, if they like you, they take you. If they don't, you don't get paid and that article was a waste of your time. Yeah. So that irritates me because before you had a jobs board and now you got it. But on the flip side, I've got three or four clients that make it so I can always make my, my my nut every month. You know.
1: Now, anybody out there that's looking to utilize you, do they got to go through those boards? Can they contact you direct?
0: Um, you can contact me at clarkstaplesbennett at gmail.com. Um, Clark Staples Bennett at a, gmail.com that's correct and uh, I charge minimum three cents a word and I do have quick turnaround um, I, I, I want to have complete instructions because sometimes a client will gotcha. revise and revise and revise and revise and then if it takes me if it takes me three hours to write a 600 word article that's18 dollars that's six dollars an hour. If it takes me thirty minutes, that's thirty-six dollars an hour. Yeah, and so I write the first time. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you give me instructions that I can't get right the first time, then I charge you for revisions, because um, that's because I, I, I have to, I yeah. have to. Otherwise, there's other articles I could be making money yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So as long as I can get good construction instructions, I can turn it around for you and very quickly. Nice. And I've been I've written over two million words that are published under a pseudonym. Of the company that I was writing yeah, for, yeah, yeah, um, and it's it's underwritten my whole thing for the last three years. It's been a godsend, but very nice. I got to have good instructions.
1: Very nice. Now before we break, because we're about showtime here. Yep. Uh, again, tell tell everybody where they can find
0: you: social media, web, uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you got. Tell them where. All they right. Can find so you. I'm gonna do it as quick as I can. Kevin on Instagram. I am Kevin Bennett on Facebook. I'm also French accent on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm Uh, French accent at Piano Man 69. Uh, YouTube, my YouTube page is Kevin Bennett. If you Google uh, Kevin Bennett AGT or America's Got Talent, uh, you'll find in the sidebar about a 39-minute video that's on my page. Look for the page of Kevin Bennett, you'll find me. I have an album out called Weather Local. It's just some trippy piano music with some vocals that are probably over the top and not too good, but I like it. Listen to it drunk or high. I'm just kidding. Anyway, it's called <laughs> Weather Local. You can find that on any internet dingus you want. Uh, Between Dystopias is on my SoundCloud, which is under the name Regimented Cacophony. My novel is Amphibian. It's a sci-fi space thing like Blade Runner meets some comedy. The unpub, the unavailable novel is The Thief and the Sacrifice. I'm currently looking for another publisher on that. The initial one folded. Uh, let's see. Outrage TV has some sketch comedy that I'm on that's a little edgy. Uh, that's also on YouTube. And I think, I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't. Oh, I was on America's Got Talent. I was also on an It Takes a Church, Season 2, Episode 2, and I was on the first week of October 2016, Kill Tony. And, nice. uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of little videos and pictures all over the net.
1: And soon you will have some video and some audio that was captured right here. Hot diggity, thank at you. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona, where we spent the weekend with french accent as well as gene moore uh greg freiler sat in for a little bit my that's buddy what his over name there. was greg sorry i missed you yeah. on that facebook update i i, I couldn't remember your name and uh, my buddy over there justin Tejin, phoenix based comic and of course your headliner mr steve simone the good times podcast and awesome steve.com and man you know what again i can't say it enough thank you to the staff at house of comedy AZ, yes. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy AZ They let us take up space and have run of the place And have a blast So much weekend. fun, great crowds every night It's been a blast, Kevin, thank you so much uh, I'll have links to all your stuff There in the show notes And maybe we'll see you up uh, in the Prescott area sometime I hope, soon. I hope That's to, yeah
0: Cool areas, some great little spots Well, and it's high enough, I yeah. could probably go over there in the summer If I find shade to park in <laughs> Can't do that in Phoenix, too hot down here
1: Thanks again, have a great right. set tonight have Thank a good you, stuff.
0: sir Excellent. I found out how to do a really good Ray Romano impression. Would you like to hear it? Yes. All right, good. Yeah. I just do Kermit the Frog doing his impression of Christopher Walken. Ah, ooh, ah, ah Deborah, this is how I deliver a punchline. Ah, Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah.